With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in Jaden Daly to our show from DailyDoseOfHoops.com. That's coming up here as our February coverage tips off, and it tips off in the ACC. Quite arguably, it's hard to argue. That is the most loaded conference in the country. I don't think that there's a way to argue with that statement. You can talk about the Big 12, but folks, look at it from top to bottom. And the way this conference has played out. It really is spectacular. We knew going into the season, I think it's important to bring up, we knew going into the season that Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, Virginia, even Syracuse, even though it's a bit of a down year for Cuse compared to others, that they were going to be good. How about the emergence of Notre Dame and Mike Bray and what they've done? And Jerry and Grant. And August down low for them. They've done quite a job. The Fighting Irish, after a really a miserable last season, it did not work out well. This season, they've been very, very good. Very good. But we start with the Cavaliers and this Virginia team number three in the country. And this Virginia team coming off of a loss to Duke. And you had to wonder how they would respond. Well, four players with at least 13 points. They had the offense rolling. North Carolina goes 4-9 from 3, 25 of 56 from the field. Not a horrible shooting night, but 13 turnovers, 6 by Kennedy Meeks. 
The Tar Heels fall 75 to 64 tonight to Virginia. And that's two straight for North Carolina, who lost to Louisville over the weekend. And out of the top of the pack, I mean, right now I have to say, for me, I go Duke, Virginia, Louisville. It's the top three teams in this conference. Virginia showed tonight how hard they are to get beat. And then when they're on, well, I, I think that they can compete with the top team in the country in Kentucky. I think Kentucky can be competed with, folks. But they showed tonight how amazing and how phenomenal that win by Duke was on Saturday. Just how hard that was for Duke to get past Virginia on Saturday. That's what Virginia showed tonight. Virginia showed how hard they are to beat, and that's a testament to Coach Mike Krzyzewski and what he's done with Duke this season, using this talent and putting out really an outstanding team. And what did it come down to tonight for North Carolina that Duke got on Saturday? Okay, Duke made threes down the stretch, six of them to be exact. North Carolina had four as a team, but you know what? They attacked the rim. They attacked the rim. But tonight, J.P. Tokido had one point. In 30 minutes. Supposed to be a tough matchup. Duke's tough matchup is Justice Winslow. At six foot five, he had 15 points on Saturday. 11 rebounds. That can't happen for J.P. Tokido. Cannot happen if you're North Carolina. Because you've got to have all your scoring options on point. And frankly... They weren't tonight. North Carolina really went down the drain in the second half, and Virginia's defense in the post continues to be fantastic. It was fantastic on Saturday. It was fantastic on Saturday. Jamil Okafor had to work for all ten of his points. He really did. So that's a testament to Duke and how good this Duke team is. It really is. And I thought Duke should have been in front of Virginia this week, to be honest with you. I know that's only one loss for Virginia, but you know what? For Virginia to come back the way they did tonight, it shows how strong this conference really is. We welcome in Jaden Daly now to talk more about this. Jaden from DailyDoseHoops.com, a great friend of the show. And, Jaden, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but what do you make of this statement? Tonight, Virginia really showed, and Virginia really enhanced what Duke did on Saturday. John, first off, I, I, I'm not holding as much stock in Duke's win over Virginia as you are. I, I'm not going to discredit them by any means, but I do think, I do think Virginia was a better team that just happened to have an off night down the, down the stretch and couldn't stop Tyus Jones tonight. I, I don't know. I told you before the show. I don't know what, what I'm more shocked by. <laughs> as, a, as a North Carolina fan the way they've lost these last two games, or the fact that Virginia put up 75 tonight. I, I just don't know what to make of that. I do think Virginia is still the best team in the ACC. I think they've proven that with their defense. They're not always the most exciting team to watch, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on that statement. But, John, you and I both know that you don't always have to be pretty to win games. You don't. Have, you don't – 
necessarily have to be Jennifer Lopez or Cameron Diaz to get the job done. If you know what I'm, if you know what I'm saying. This team, and we saw it last year, gave up 56 points a game last year going into the Sweet 16. They're in the 50s yep. again. That that defense is phenomenal. Parentis is probably the best point guard in terms of ball handling and basically doing everything other than scoring. Yep. Justin Anderson Justin Anderson's probably the most versatile guy in the ACC. Can hit a three from pretty much anywhere. And you know what re- has really impressed me, John? The way this team has responded and kept moving, kept rolling without Joe Harris. I thought that was going to be a major loss for them. But with Anderson with Parentis as a sophomore, with Bronson coming back, with Mike Toby down low. It's like you didn't even need Harris this year. And for yeah. that, Tony Bennett deserves all the credit in the world. And Anthony Gill, on top of that, and tonight he played 27 minutes at 13 points. It seems to me that oh, yeah, he killed Carolina. Anthony... What's that? He killed Carolina. Absolutely did. It's either Anthony Gill or Mike Toby for this team that gives them an extra boost. And, Jaden, that really is something to me that tonight they score 75 points because if they're not only defending, uh, but if this team's opening up the floor game like it did tonight, there's no reason why Virginia cannot be in the Final Four and cannot win a national championship. Well, I I don't know about winning a national championship. I I don't know if they're the best matchup for Kentucky. I Honestly, I think uh, a Virginia national championship would be as bad as UConn Butler. But I do think they're they're capable they're capable of at least an elite eight, maybe a final four yep. run if they get it if they get a good draw. Of course, we we all know it's all about who you draw in March. That's how Duke won their last national championship. They got a cupcake draw into the final four, beat West Virginia after Deshaun Butler went down and was out for the for the rest of the, of, of the season, and they just escaped Butler. So. It's all about who you get in March. I think if Virginia if Virginia gets an easy draw, yeah, they'll be there. Yeah, it looks like Virginia on their best day. They they can be that type of a team, and the way they opened up the floor game tonight, certainly impressive. Kansas has just gone final with Iowa State, a double-digit victory, 89-76 tonight. And you know what? I, I come into this show, and I was thinking, what's the key for Kansas? What's the key for Kansas? And Kelly Uber Jr.'s emerged. Wayne Seldon shot the ball really, really well. But you know what, Jaden? It comes down to one man, and his name is Bill Self, and he continually figures out a way to produce Big 12 champions, and tonight Kansas looked like it. Did I not tell you over the summer that Kansas is going to be, well, is going to be an under-the-radar top team and maybe one of the top five in the country? I think tonight proved that. You did? They were absolutely fantastic. Meanwhile, Iowa State, I mean, this is the team that everybody, a lot of national media, I'll say this, is very high on them constantly. The job Fred Hoiberg does. George's Niang is fantastic. Uh, on a night like tonight, though, when they get the transition game taken away, Jaden, uh, they, they just are not the same ni- matchup nightmare for people. No, they're not. They're, they have they... They're forced to rely on things that they don't normally do, and when you get a team, you get a team out of their element like that. And around here, there are several teams that make a living getting other other schools out of their element. It's hard for Iowa State to adjust with the personnel that Hoiberg has, with Niang, with Bryce DeJohn Jones, 
when everybody on that team would be like, hey, it's just hard to get them out of the half-court mindset, and they get exposed. So it looks like here, uh, nothing tells me that Kansas is going to lose this Big 12 title in the end. Now, then again, Iowa State, certainly, when they get on the open floor, they are very, very tough tough to stop. But overall, you look at this Big 12, and you know what? Once again, it looks like it's Kansas and then Iowa State. And then That's from it. there, there's a couple. Yeah, you know what, Jaden? I'm going to be honest with you. Texas has disappointed a little bit. That, that team I really thought would do a lot more than it has. Miles Turner is, is very good. He's as advertised. And Ridley is strong down low. But, you know, at times Rick Barnes' backcourt has just gone stagnant. They, they've been outdone. Texas, to me, this team was really hyped, really, really hyped. Last year's team, they had to come down to reality early in the season. Barnes' job was getting kind of threatened. Uh, this year, not mm-hmm. the case. I mean, Barnes put together a great story. I still don't know. This Texas frontcourt is lethal. I mean, it is lethal. But I'll tell you what, Jane, in the times they just they lack that complete rhythm, and that's my problem with them. And that's why this week I was still surprised. This just shows that the great Jerry Carino has said it. We've heard it before uh, this year. At the top 25, he says it's like the mob. Uh, when referring once to you, get in, once we'll, you get in, you never get out. Yeah, and we'll get to the Pirates in a little bit, who are really they, – they never were lacking the votes. And that's the amazing thing about this poll. But Texas, I, I don't know here – I tell you what, I love Juwan Staden in West Virginia. Bob Huggins has them in great shape. Absolutely. I I think if Hubs doesn't win coach of the year in the Big 12, the system yes. is flawed. What he's done with that team, they were they went from Biggie's afterthoughts in the last three years to, okay, now, now they're back where they were with Kevin Jones, with Butler, with Jabari Hines before he transferred to UMass. Um, who was their point guard after Joe Mazzola, but before Hines and Chuck Ryan? That that's the one. Yes, yeah, he's put together quite a story here. And in the Big Twelve, once again, looks like Kansas the front runner, but we're going to get several tournament teams there. Baylor, another one that's pretty explosive. We transition now, and Jaden, you're one of my favorite people to talk to about these types of teams—the ones that are outside the top ten, the ones that maybe may not get the most attention. And I'm going to start out in a conference that I'm sure many do not know about, Jaden Daly from DailyDoseOfHoops.com, joining us here, the founder of that website. The Missouri Valley Conference, Jaden, is going to have two well, tournament my teams. Wichita State gets thumped by Northern Iowa. And what a year it is right now in Iowa for hoops. The Panthers winning 70-54. to And you know what? It starts and ends right now. For the Panthers, with a guy that's averaging nearly 16 points per game, that's Seth Tuttle with nearly seven boards per game, three assists. The senior, he just went all over Wichita State. Well, John, I thank you for bringing up the Valley. It's always been my favorite conference to watch. It's a a basketball purist conference. You go out there in front of 10,000, 11,000 people in in every arena on any given night, and you're going to get a knockdown, drag-out battle for 40 minutes guaranteed, regardless of whether it's Wichita State and UNI or if it's Illinois State and Drake. You're going to get two teams that are going to just tear the living daylights out of each other. And for Northern Iowa, Ben Jacobson isn't getting anywhere near as much credit for what he's doing. This is a program, John, that 
has been great since the early 2000s when Greg McDermott was still there. I don't know if you, I don't know if everybody remembers that, but before before McDermott and then when he left, they went through a couple a couple of down years. Then Farouk Manesh puts him into the Sweet 16 with a shot over Kansas. That I'm, I still I still watch periodically on YouTube, and Seth Tuttle has transitioned. My God. This is a this is a guy, John. When he was a freshman, he was shooting sixty percent from the field. He's phenomenal. I think I'm doing myself wrong for not watching as much of this conference because I'm fascinated by the really way you just talked about it. Oh, you no, really it are, is John. a fantastic, fantastic league. In terms of Wichita State, clearly they are missing Clean Anthony early. We knew they would, uh-huh. but when you have when you have two All-American type guards and Mr. Van Vliet and Mr. Baker, it, it indicates to me that once again, the Shockers, if they get the right draw, can certainly make a run. John, you left you left something else out there. They're missing to heal cotton too a lot more, just as much as early. Yes. And no, no question about that. The contributions of Steel Cotton, who was the Valley Defensive Player of the Year last year, have been greatly missed by Greg Marshall. I'm sure he'll be one of the first ones to tell you that. Speaking of which, looking ahead to next year, how pumped are you to see that team in the Prudential Center? Oh, man, they're going to be coming to the Rock to take on Seton Hall. I know you got very excited for that one, Kevin Willard and Greg Marshall agreeing to that deal, and, and we will get to the Pirates here in a little bit because they are certainly a headliner in college basketball, but we transition to the Atlantic 10. The Dayton Flyers appeared to be, well, not back where they were last year in terms of, okay, maybe, a, uh, I, look, I don't know how many people saw that team being able to do what they did in the NCAA tournament. They're not very deep, but Jordan Seibert leads a very good backcourt, and they're balanced. Archie Miller's got him back. George Washington, a solid team. And then there's the VCU Rams and Jaden out of all the teams in the country. I think this one got hurt the most this weekend by the loss of Briante Weber. Yeah, that's still a sensitive subject around pretty much half my Twitter, which if you if you remember all the VCU fans that came at me at Barclays Center last year, that that's that was a rough pill to swallow, I'm telling you, no point guard in the country. What was what Weber was, and for us here in New York, and in your case, New Jersey, across the river, we don't get to see players like Weber very often. So watching him makes us even more appreciative of what he can do. And with him out of the picture, that completely opens the door in the A10. Yeah, Dayton's been playing a lot better since Scott and Robinson got thrown off the team. George Washington yep. can never be counted out. I think. Tracy Ogarino is probably the best player in the nation no one has ever heard of outside of the conference. Don't count UMass out. Don't count Rhode Island out. I'm telling you, Dan Hurley is ah, making a difference. About them. And you know what, John? Hurley is going to be in the mix for a, a high major job this offseason. <laughs> you know, not tell, not I always which think one. about that name. <laughs> Not saying which one. I know you're not. I know you're not. But you know what? His name pops up in so many discussions. He is a bit of a, uh, what some may call, well, a loose cannon when he's out there. But he's done quite a job with Rhode Island. And you know what? He's got URI right back to a place that they haven't been. It's an article about, about five years since they've been this relevant. And E.C. Matthews is a big reason for it. But what so is it? Martin. Thing? Yeah, and yeah, what is it that has Rhode Island back? 
It's just the way Dan Hurley goes about his business. We'll call him a loose cannon and a lunatic. But you know what? People said the same thing about Jimmy Patsos and Steve Massiello. Both of them have coached in NCAA tournaments. Hurley, Hurley reminds me a lot of Bobby Gonzalez, the former Manhattan Seton Hall coach, who just found ways to win and was one of the best exes and all those guys in the country and still is, even though he's five years out of the game. His team runs through a brick wall for him. It's the same thing with Hurley. You go up to a Rhode Island practice, it's like you're watching a Big East practice. It's like you're watching a D-League practice with the way he, he runs his show and has his personnel just committed to competing and leave, not leaving anything out there. Jaden Daly from DailyDoseOhoops.com joining us. And, Jaden, big one tomorrow for St. John's. They are at number 22 Butler at 7 o'clock tip-off time. We transition now for the last 10 minutes of the show to the Big East Conference, folks, which I myself cover on the Big East Digital Network as well. And this is Late Night Hoops here on College Hoops Digest Radio with Jaden Daly from DailyDoseOhoops.com. Jaden, St. John's 14-7, and 3-5 and five in the Big East. After Butler, not to look too far ahead, but you you host Creighton, you host DePaul. If you want to make a little bit of a run, my, what a way it could start with Butler tomorrow. The problem, at Hinkle Fieldhouse, and against what I would call the toughest team in terms of matching up in the conference. Mm-hmm. This Butler team is so, so difficult. And how about Chris Holtman? He's got to be a national coach of the year candidate. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's the only thing right now that's preventing Kevin Willard from winning it in the Big East, given the circumstances and what he's done with the win over Carolina, and then following it up with what he's done so far in the Big East. He's had this team ranked on two separate occasions, had the the first win over Seton Hall at the Prudential Center in overtime where Gibbs goes for 30 and then they can't get it done, and then they just straight-up crushed him at Hinkle a couple of weeks ago. I I see this, I see them doing the same thing to St. John's. I just don't think with their personnel that they'll be able to defend Butler. It's not just Dunham. It's Jones on Sir Dominic Pointer. I think the experience factor is going to come into play. Jones has been in many more high-profile situations than Pointer. He's got something to prove after missing all last season with a broken wrist. Cameron Woods is going to get pretty much every rebound on a missed shot that comes within five feet of him. Chris Obecco's got no shot against him. And if, and if I'm wrong, and if St. If St. John's goes in the Hinkle and beats them, I'll, I'll call up, I'll call in, and I'll, and I'll tell you I was wrong. I just don't see it happening. The next five for St. John's at Butler, that'll be tough. Versus Creighton versus DePaul, both at home, and then at Xavier at Georgetown against Seton Hall. Xavier, then Georgetown. I mean, my goodness, I saw Xavier on five Saturday. Street there. I saw Jane. I saw Xavier on Saturday afternoon in what was a battle at the Prudential Center. And let's, let's turn now to Seton Hall. First off, Jay, before we wrap up St. John's, are they a tournament team, yes or no? As of right now, no. Right now they're in the last four in, according to Joe Lenardi, but according to Jaden Davis, this team just doesn't have enough. We shall see what happens uh, tomorrow. Joe Lenardi doesn't have them losing by double. Joe Lenardi doesn't have them losing by double digits at Hinkle tomorrow. I'm, I'm calling that right now. Meanwhile, the surprise. They were supposed to be a solid basketball team this year, but 
was how young they've been. They didn't know what they could do. And then they lost their star, their freshman phenom, who was supposed to light it up. And they lost him for both St. John's and Villanova in the same week. Well, they said, we'll take you both down, and that's exactly what they did. Jaden, they've created one of the most underrated atmospheres in the metro area and in this conference right now because they're getting 8,000-plus per game, maybe 9,000. They close up the curtain, but it's making for an atmosphere. What is going on with Seton Hall? Well, for one, for one thing, I'm there more often than I'm at St. John's, so I, I feel like I have a, I have more of a pulse on what the Pirates are doing. Kevin Willard is, final, is finally getting it to click. The, the patience that has been extended to him from Pat Lyons, from Dr. Esteban, it's finally come into fruition. And you know Kevin what, Kevin Willard, John? the way that he is talking to these kids as well, Jaden, he to this to these freshmen. You know, he needs them, and I think the way that Kevin coaches, in a way, they, they've needed him to bring them mm-hmm. down in reality a little bit. He's done quite a job here with coaching them up. And you know what else, Jaden? He has made his style really fit and surround – he hasn't made them fit into a style. He has fit a style to what these guys can do, and they have run the floor tremendously well. And now, mm-hmm. with the idea that Gibbs and Whitehead can both drive through the lane, and that leaves shooters open, if the Hall is able to bring its perimeter game to the All-State Arena tomorrow night, they hit 1-3 in that January 22nd battle against DePaul. They hit 1-3, one 1 for 16 from 3, lost 64-60. to 60. They still only lost by 4. I am so fascinated to continually see what Whitehead and Gibbs can do when they take it through the lane, because the Hall has shooters across the board whether it is Gibbs, if Whitehead's driving, or Whitehead, if Gibbs is driving. And then you've got Cena. You've got Kadeen Carrington, Brandon Mobley, and then we saw on Saturday Desi Rodriguez really benefiting from his high school teammate. But then Jaden, I think, to nail it right on the head, Seton Hall has found an elite big man this conference. And in a couple years, I mean, you might be able to – in fact, you, you may very well be able to say that this kid's one of the best big men in the nation – I, I don't think that's a stretch. Angel Delgado is legit. He is. So do you remember DeWan Blair and what he did in Pittsburgh? I do. That's Angel Delgado. He is he is the next DeWan Blair, which is how he attacks the basket and has a nose for the ball wherever it's at. He, he'll track it down. He's probably the best rebounder I've seen anywhere since Blair in any conference. And the Seton Hall to have that going for them. And that, John, we knew it was a concern this season. What are they going to do up front? Brandon Mobley is the only experience they got. Patrick out of turn pro. Gene Pete graduated. Fuquan Edwin graduated. We heard the same narrative night in, night out for three or four months. And then Delgado comes in and, and boom, Seton Hall has a presence. And you know what? I think they take it to the ball. They're going to be out for blood, not just because of what happened a week and a half ago. Two straight crush, soul-crushing losses out there. 2012, when they got knocked out of the tournament because Jamie Crockett had the game of his life. It basically cost him <laughs> an NCAA birth. Last year, same thing. Their, their season hanging by a thread. Their postseason hopes are still alive. And then DePaul goes and beats them again. They're going to be out for revenge, and it's not going to be pretty. Jaden... It's the beginning of February, so I'm not going to hold you to this, but where will the Pirates finish out of 10 in the Big East? 
I'm going to say fifth. I'm going to say fifth as well. And I'll tell you what, a 4-5 between Butler and Seton Hall. The Pirates have not matched up well with Butler. You wonder if Isaiah Whitehead makes a difference or a 4-5 between Xavier and Seton Hall. The job Chris Mack continues to do is fascinating. Seton Hall has to fall and then ahead of Butler. Interesting. Seton Hall has to fall no, I think ahead, we're Jay. looking at in no particular order of Villanova, Georgetown, Providence, Xavier. Well, and the Friars look like they're going to be right back to making some noise with Chris Dunn, the Big East player of the week. Jaden, he was such a question mark going into the season because the question was, can he stay healthy? Oh, my, he's done mm-hmm. more than that. Yeah, a triple-double not so long ago, too. I, I'm going to remember this all season talking to Ed Cooley at Big East Media Day, which is always a fun time no matter where it is, and Ed's good for more than a few quotes. He said a couple of years ago that his team was going to bite some asses. Oh, they've done that big way. And he wanted to let Chris Stone loose this year. Oh, my. To quote my idol, Dick Enver. Jaden Daly, we've got about 80 seconds left, so you are one of the experts of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. What is going on in that league right now? Well, there's a three-way tie for second. Manhattan, Monmouth, and Ryder all a game and a half back of Iona. All hell's going to break loose, and it's going to be one of, one of the better sights to see going into February and March. Friday the 13th, at Dratty Gymnasium, Manhattan, Iona. Friday night, <laughs> 10 o'clock, ESPNU. Get Excellent. there if you can. Get there. You're going to love it. That is that is fascinating. Jaden Daly, you are excellent as always. We'll certainly welcome you so back. You, it's John. February now. It's February now, my friend. I cannot believe we're a month away from all that madness. Oh, God, yeah. It's coming. Jaden Daly from DailyDoseOfHoops.com. You can find him on Twitter at Jaden Daly at DailyDoseOfHoops. Thanks, Jaden. Anytime, John. Thanks for having me. That is Jaden Daly, and that wraps up our show. Well, that was a jam-packed 30 minutes. We went from everywhere from the ACC to the Atlantic 10 to the Big 10 to the Big 12 to the, well, to the Missouri Valley Conference, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the Big East. Go to collegehoopsdigest.com for complete coverage here throughout the month of February, one month away till March. This has been Late Night Hoops. Good night, everybody. See you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.